0: Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons.
2: Welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio, and I will be your host for a very special episode. It's our monthly patron roundtable. All of our Wizard and Deity patrons over at patreon.com slash dndlorecast are leveled up enough to join us in the tower, as well as one or two invited guests. It's a short break from the lore to discuss various topics relating to Dungeons & Dragons, Think of it like uh like shooting the breeze table talking with some other members of your party. Let's go ahead and just jump into the conversation. I am joined uh to my left, to my virtual left by Coffee. Say hello. Hello. And to my virtual right, right Mary C. Say hello. Hello. And hopefully we are joined by Wolfslore. We extended the invite and uh he's So I'll be be having some technical issues, but if he jumps in later in the conversation, then you know exactly why. It's not that we've been been ignoring him this entire time, but we are talking about (laughs) idiosyncratic beliefs and behaviors when it comes to playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Just sort of like the little like weird, unique quirks that you exhibit or that you've seen others exhibit while playing the game. And I'll go ahead and get, get us started. I'll go ahead and, and just go ahead and put myself out on, on Front Street. Um, one of the things <laughs> that I do is I buy specific dice for characters, and these characters might not even exist yet, but if I, like, if I see a, a cert, like a, you know a certain like a uh, dice set, I think to myself like, "Oh yeah, that's, that's a ranger for sure," or that's, that's, a, uh, that's a sorcerer for sure. I will buy them and then next time i roll up you know one of those characters th- those are the dice that i'm going to use and that as, a, as a result i have um way too many sets of dice that i haven't, <laughs> haven't touched yet that are just uh, collecting dust on my shelf uh mary how about you what's something what's something weird and unique that you do while, while you're playing DD? um
1: well i didn't i didn't expect to be called out straight out of the gate with the getting dice for specific characters Um, Oh, I didn't, I didn't,
2: if (laughs) that slug was not meant for you, if you took it, then, you know, that's, that's, that's not on me. I was talking about something that I do.
1: Right. I absolutely buy them with characters in mind. Usually I've created the characters first though. So there's that. Um, I've also purchased dice for my players characters in campaigns that I DM because I feel like they match that one, but I'm one of those that sends them stuff. So, um, one of mine would have to be. I I have a dice tower of Moloch. He is the character that is on the front of the first player's handbook. Got him as a gift. Um, he does not roll well unless I feed him red sweet tarts first. Um, have to roll one down first. Otherwise, I roll like all of the dice are cursed and against me. And it doesn't matter which set it is. He doesn't care which type of dice. It's just the one specific candy is his very favorite.
2: So have you tried using a different kind of candy and it not work?
1: I have not tried. I have so not
2: even. Well. Not, not, so you're like, I, I figured out what works. I don't want to mess with that.
1: Yes, exactly. That is, I'm not, if it ain't broke, I'm not gonna try to fix it and make it worse.
2: Makes sense, makes sense. How about you, copy? Any any weird uh, behaviors that you exhibit with dice? No, not really. I can really think of. Or do you have do a? You so you, how many how many sets do you have? Do you own? I own one. Just the one. So that I feel unless like...
0: you count the starter set, which I don't
2: use. Well, that's funny. You mentioned the starter set. Um, a friend of the show, Darkwing MT, when discussing this topic. Uh, very vehemently said, do not use starter set dice. They always roll against the player. You know, the, me thinks that the, they might be loaded in wizards of the coast favor, but I was going to say uh, using, mm-hmm. having just one set of dice might be unique in and of itself. Cause I don't know that, that I, I know anyone that plays D and D with just one set. Cause it's, it starts to be a little bit of an addiction.
1: I have a friend that only played with one set until I continued to threaten to send him a bunch of them and he didn't think I would follow through and I shipped him a pound of dice. One pound of dice. Mm -hmm. Approximately seven or eight sets, I think.
2: And speaking of the aforementioned Wolf's Lore. Hello. They they have joined us. We're talking about uh, idiosyncratic beliefs and behaviors while playing uh, D&D. We're starting off with dice. We're starting off hot with dice. What are some what are some of your unique perk quirks when it comes to dice?
0: I dude, I do uh, the famous gamblers blow. You know where you're doing, of course. Um, I have my own dice jails where they go into timeout for five minutes, and then I'll use them again. Swap them out. Um, I heard mention of the only one set of dice that's like I have three or four, always ready to go. Always one set of metal dice, which are, which the metal dice are for battle. They are in intense situations. I bust them out because there's something so satisfying about the heavy clank and. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's like, it's like the sound of battles, the sound of like swords, like media armor. Yeah. I like like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Speaking of dice jails, this is something that, um, I feel is like taken a life of its own. Like it started off like as sort of like, I'm just going to put these like off to the side. They're in dice jail. And now you can actually like go on Etsy, go mm-hmm. on Amazon even and buy these pre-made dice jails. Uh, and then it's according to the RPG museum, Wikipedia, it says dice jail is a place where players can put dice that roll badly, which cause negative consequences for the player characters example given a critical fail. Dice that are put in dice jail are not used for subsequent rolls, perhaps for the rest of the session, and is therefore usually only a part of culture for players who have large dice collections. Dice jail is connected to the concept of dice shaming. Oh boy. <laughs>
1: and
2: so yeah, just the idea of like, you know, putting the dice in the corner because they're not rolling well for you. Which, I've um...
1: done that.
2: Nobody puts dice
0: in a corner. <laughs>
2: And so, yeah, just like the idea, of like there's so many like cool and like weird and unique like uh, perk or quirks that come with dice. You know, mm-hmm. Dice Jail using uh, certain dice for certain characters, or like a Wolf's Force case for certain encounters. He uses mm-hmm. the metal dice for combat. What about um, like what about rituals that you that you partake in? Uh, partake in like before during or after a session uh how about you wolf floor you seem like you have something to say
0: the the (laughs) one i do every time without fail is if i've been rolling good for a session i will take that dice and i will roll it the hell out of it just like pre-rolls to get all the bad rolls out like even if it's just like it's all like there's a few good rolls in here i it's now going to I'll fail, I have to, like, Mm -hmm. just pre-throw it to put everything back in order.
1: Realign its chakras. Yeah, exactly. Ready to go.
0: Like, I prime my dice.
2: No, that that makes sense because I've... uh, if If I start to roll well with a specific set of dice and then I get a couple of bad rolls then I'll, I'll put those to the side. Be like, all right, like, yeah, you know, I've, I've gotten all my good rolls out because obviously like I, I got an 18 on a persuasion check and a, and a 17 on a, a you know, uh investigation. I wasted my good rolls on the, uh, with this, with these dice on that. Now that we're going into combat, I need something else. Uh, what about, what about you coffee? What, do you have any rituals that you'd partake in before, after a session or even during, like, is there something that you've, uh, that you found yourself
0: doing no no i'm just a simple simple
2: guy simple guy just go <laughs> in and play yeah do you uh well like leading in like going into a session is there anything that you like to uh do you like to mentally prepare somehow because i know that you've played at the library a couple times
0: yeah we've actually switched over to a friend's house because the place we were going to we were playing. a uh, quick opening on the weekend. The weekdays.
2: Okay. So, I've never had uh, I've never had much experience in playing in like a public setting. I know, like you know, most like game shops will have tables set up where you can play. Uh, my buddy during our last, uh, during our next to last, uh, session, was actually like had his laptop set up. And he was at a bar, and the guy sitting next to him was like, "Hey, what do you got going on?" And he's like, "Oh, me and my friends are going to play D and D online." And this guy was all about it; like, he wanted, like, actually wanted to jump into the game. And it was like, "Oh, we actually, I mean, we like yeah, we're the, like right in the middle of a campaign, and uh, That's awesome. you know, and like you guys are all, we're on the astral plane, so it'd be kind of weird to like figure out how to. Plus, he was already kind of drunk too, so uh, <laughs> we're not exactly sure, like, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of game we'd get out of him, but. But after that, like uh, you know, he started talking to the bar owner. Was like they're saying that they wanted to get like a Tuesday game nights started up, which would That's be so. kind of cool. Like, I mean, that would it very much invite some sort of like ritual, you know, get ready to to go out and and do that, and yeah. perhaps have like a like a cool down session, like go grab like you know some late night tacos or something.
1: That's awesome, Mary. That'd
2: how about awesome. you? Do you have any any rituals
1: before or after a game? Um. Aside from collecting snacks, um, I don't actually, I've never played a session in person. That is not a thing I have ever done. I have only ever played online. Even with the people that are local, I've not done the thing face to face. So it's usually a matter of going through the house, making sure I have like iced tea. I usually listen to like ambient um, fantasy board game music or whatever on Spotify. So I just like kind of listen to d music all day kind of try to get myself in the mindset of doing the thing because I get easily derailed and distracted (laughs) unfortunately
2: but yeah get yourself in a good headspace for sure makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. here's here's one especially for online I know I do before as well I I love doing character voices embodying that character do you ever like the hours or so leading up to a session you're just walking around talking in your character voice to prime it just sounding like a crazy person
1: (laughs) You're supposed to not talk in character voices in public? (laughs) I just thought that was like around the clock thing.
2: It it can be frowned upon for sure.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah.
2: Especially for my my online sessions, um, which the campaign that I'm a part of right now, that has been the longest I've been a part of it since going on two years now, like right around the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything. Um, so, uh, we have, it's an old uh, professor of mine, the dog Indy shout out to him, uh Patreon supporter and yes. it's, uh, his husband and several colleagues of his that, uh, that, that he's known throughout the years and old friends and all that. And they're in New York. One of them is in New Orleans, one's in Houston and now I'm outside of Dallas. So like, you know, and then, uh, then San Francisco as well. So like we're, we're literally like all across the United States spanning in several different, uh, uh, time zones. And so obviously online is, is how we have to play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for a while I had this ritual that I, you know, I, you know, get off of work and, uh, I would go to the store and I'd buy about like three like small bags or boxes of candy huge, like a variety of them, like, you know, like some hot tamales, which are my favorite or, and like some gummy worms or some gummy bears. And then something, you know, uh, something, you know, whatever caught my eye, maybe something, maybe something chocolate. And then a two liter of soda, not exactly the most, you know, the the healthiest option for, uh, (laughs) a man entering middle age. Um, but that's what I would eat and drink for like that. That was my dinner for every other Friday. Um, uh, that's yeah, that's what I would do. And uh I don't I haven't done that as much now. Um I'm usually um I still do the candy, uh I usually I drink like some sort of um uh like carbonated water, like flavored water, like a like a topo mm-hmm. or a LaCroix or something, which is definitely better than than the two liter of two liter of soda, but every so often I'll still I'll still smash a mountain dew during uh during game time.
1: Love it. Uh, sour gummies are my go-to D and D candy. Absolutely, always sour candy.
2: Every time. I remember the uh, one of the last times that we met in person for like our local uh D and D group. Man, we went to the grocery store and just got a the a murderer's row of junk food, uh, like candy and popcorn and like pizza rolls and like all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and it was that though and the, i think we also ordered pizza and wings you know we were only yes. meeting once a month at that point but you know, so we kind of it, it was a you know we kind of made it a thing at that point wolf's lord is there anything any particular food or drink that you eat during D? um nothing
0: ever like specific
2: just whatever tickles your fancy.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I feel like the normal thing we did at a point was just order a bunch of like pizzas just because we had a diverse people with a bunch of like dietary restrictions. So it's easy to get pizza with different crust sauces, sure, yeah. you know.
2: Well, that being said, let's go ahead and jump to the middle of the show and we'll be right back. <laughs> welcome to the middle of the show the middle of the show of course is when we take an opportunity to one thank our patrons two, discuss any announced upcoming miniature releases three cover any of the latest D news from wizards of the coast and four of course check out the dm's guild to see what kind of homebrew shenanigans we can get into this week Let's start off by thanking our patrons this week, since it is the Patron Roundtable. We want to thank uh, those patrons that can join us uh, each month for this discussion. All Wizard and Deity level patrons can join us for the world famous, the multiverse famous Patron Roundtable on the D and D Lorecast. Thank you to Bjorn Ironside, Climbing Zebra, Coffee, and Text 10 star as well as our newest Wizard Patron, Darkwing MT. Thank you so much for supporting the show in this way. If you are interested in joining them or perhaps another tier, you can go to patreon.com/dndlorecast. We have tiers ranging from five to seventy-five bucks. All sorts of cool stuff involving stickers and T-shirts, uh, early episodes, bonus episodes. Um, your uh, you can have me or Crit join your uh, your campaign for a session as a guest character, as a guest either PC or NPC, just a bunch of cool stuff. If you are, uh, if you're interested in that, and if you're not in a position that you're able to um, sign up for the Patreon, totally understand that you can still continue to support the show by leaving us reviews on Apple podcast or on Spotify, uh, leaving us um, five-star ratings, uh, telling a friend, you know, uh, retweeting us on Twitter, just generally getting the word out. You know, there's, there's more than one way to support the show and we appreciate every single one of them. That being said, uh, not much in the, in the way of miniatures, but we do have some D&D news. Uh, unfortunately, due to production delays, we or due to production issues, we have some delays on some of the upcoming D&D stuff. Um, the campaign case, Terrain, was moved to August 16th, and unfortunately, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, which is their upcoming adventure anthology has been pushed back about a month to july 19th um, that doesn't affect the campaign case creatures which is uh, also scheduled to be released july 19th nor does it affect the Spelljammer adventures in space uh collection that's still releasing august 16th so we're going to have, we're going to, we thought we we're going to start off D&D summer a little bit early, but unfortunately we'll have to, we'll have to wait till July, but then it's 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 strong until, until August. And personally, I cannot wait for either one of those books. Um, with that being said, let's check out the DMs Guild, see what kind of shenanigans we can get into there. Now, usually I like to recommend something from the DMs Guild that is tied somehow to the lore that we're covering. So if um, we're covering... Ravenloft or Strahd, uh, something having to do with Barovia or something that will enhance your Curse of Strahd campaign might be suggested. In this case, since it is the the patron roundtable, there's not much lore that we're getting into. So I'm going to freestyle a little bit. I am going to recommend the Simple 5E Microsoft Word Template and Beginner's Guide from Laura Hurstbrunner. For $4.95, you'll be able to create polished layouts in Microsoft Word. It says this template for Microsoft Word allows you to easily create polished supplements without investing in expensive design software. Enjoy doing mostly painless layout using software you already own. So with this, you are essentially able to design uh, whether uh, stat StatBlog Monsters, NPCs, creatures, adventure, full adventures that look and feel like an official D&D release. If you have ever been interested in making your own adventures, seeing how other people will react to your homebrew campaigns, this would be something fantastic to, to, to purchase off of DMs Guild. In fact, I'm suggesting it because we are going to use it as we continue to compile and collect our own magic items of the week collection for release sometime in the near future. So like I said, if you are, if you are, if you are at all interested in creating your own creatures or designing your own campaign setting or writing your own adventure, then this template available for only 4.95 dollars on the DMs Guild will, should be exactly what you need so that it looks and feels just like any other DD book you'll find at your local gaming store it's called simple 5e microsoft word template and beginner's guide Uh, like i said we're going to use it for the magic items of the week and i'm sure you can use it for any number of things as well that being said let's go ahead dive into the end of the show and wrap this puppy up Thank you so much for rejoining us for the end of the show as we continue and finish our discussion on idiosyncratic beliefs, behaviors when it comes to D&D, like having special dice, uh, using certain dice for certain situations or for certain characters, uh, rituals that you might engage in, certain foods that you eat um, or drinks that you consume. And let's finish off the show with D and superstitions. I know. I know we've kind of touched on on superstitions in, in regards to how we treat some of our dice. Like Mary mentioned her Moloch dice tower that only provides good rolls after a certain type of candy is provided. A sacrifice mm-hmm. must be made, or, or uh, an offering rather.
1: A sacrifice. A snack-rifice, <laughs> as she
2: calls it. And Wolf's lore has mentioned. Um, like putting uh, his dice in a dice jail if they're not uh, if they're not acting appropriately, or priming the, priming his dice so that he gets all the bad rolls out before combat starts. But beyond that, or do you have any other superstitions, or do, uh, is there anything that you uh, anything that you believe uh, will improve your chances at rolling a natural twenty, which is obviously like you know the goal every time. It's the goal every time you roll a d20
0: something i do and it sounds super weird is my hey, dice like, is group
2: hey, hey. well We're, no one's going to no one's gonna yuck your yum on this show on this episode at least this is all about the weird stuff we do during d 20 yeah.
0: right so i keep my dice in groups they're not allowed to intermingle because if one of them's having bad juju i cannot allow it to spread so it's all like this dice set sitting here this dice set sitting over here they're all kind of where i can reach them but
2: they will not touch (laughs) that that makes a lot of sense to me um not just uh not just from like an ocd standpoint just because like like if i have a dice bag you know like i don't want to have to like root through the whole bag and find an entire mm-hmm. set you know I want to be able to have like that set and like all sip, like you know the entire family with like quickly within my reach and so i'm still trying to figure out how to have a dice bag you know while like compartmentalizing all the different sets one so they you know so they're eas- easier access and two mm-hmm. like you said if one's one you know is having a bad having a you know some bad luck. I don't want it to affect the other dice, which it will obviously, simply by yeah. by <laughs> osmosis, by proxy, by by touching.
1: Mine are so chaotic. I have one that is a mixed of the ones I don't use as frequently are all mixed together in an abalone shell. I have a tray that has several that are specific to characters, and then directly in front of me I have three sets that stay out at all times, but they also have small um, polymer clay figurines that hang out with them and it's kind of a, they like being together. So they're together and that makes them happier. Then all my mini dice are in a small, like a shot glass type glass over here.
2: Nice. How about you copy? Do you have any superstitions? Any, any sort of uh old wives tales that you subscribe to while playing D and D?
0: No, it might be because I, I'm, um...
2: You to say I'm probably the youngest
0: youngest person here who plays the indie.
2: I mean it does't take well, long for a super that, that is true play. i mean I don't <laughs> really have any superstitions. so you might you you might not even be conscious of them yet that is true you might actually have something that like like maybe you roll uh like a like you like shake up your hands a certain amount of times before you let go of the dice. Man, or... I mean, I switch from uh, the D and D Beyond dice to my IRL, IRL dice. That's really it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, w- what what causes the switch? Is it bad rolls? Is it just? I think it's know?
0: it's bad rolls on, on the D and D Beyond side. Mm.
2: I don't know that I I don't know that I trust the computer dice because that's so uh, why I've been switching. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, the aforementioned DM from uh, the two year campaign that I've been in. Uh, mm-hmm. he actually rolls physical dice and so and i swear like he rolls immaculately and we're over here rolling d beyond dice digital dice and you know 13s 14s you know with a modifier like we might end up with a hit but this guy is rolling like 18, 19s, which is end up like a you know, 23 or 24, like a 24 hit. Like, you know, damn well a 24 hit. Stop it. Come on. I'm
1: just curious where he gets these dice that a DM can actually roll well with because oh. I am cursed. Um, he,
2: he might have made a, a, a deal with, it, with Asmodeus himself.
1: Should have known.
0: I have um, a friend who, uh, one of his superstitions, is um, he'll set all of his dice with the one up because he feels as if the lowest number is already on top. Then he'll roll something better than that.
2: That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Very interesting. I can't look if I'm rolling it. I have to look away when I roll. Even the digital ones, I'll click and look away until it's done and then look at the result. I don't want to see it happen. Don't want to see this happen, but...
2: So what's the what's the thought process behind that? You just like you don't want like do you think it'll be better if you don't see?
1: I don't know. Maybe they get nervous if you watch them, I guess. <laughs> get a little like <laughs> stage fright or something.
2: I swear that one doesn't happen often the <laughs> first time.
1: Yeah, like I don't know. I don't want them to get yeah, I don't want them to get nervous. We'll go with that.
2: You know, all this talk about about rolling dice and and having superstitions and and weird like rituals behind it. I'm mm-hmm. starting to realize that I have, I mean, obviously, you know, rolling a D, rolling a 20, rolling a natural 20, uh, is a big deal. It doesn't happen terribly often, but I can almost say with 100% certainty that I've definitely rolled 20 more often than I've rolled a one.
1: I have not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because it- I mean, yeah. Cause I, I don't know that rolling a one like in my personal experience has been all that you know common
1: oh I do so frequently roll 20 does not like me it does not I do not roll well on there it is very rare that I get anything decent it's just how it is I've accepted my fate I don't know why I've angered the gods but I have and that's just how it is I'll atone for it later I'll be nice to something somewhere down the line and a will you know redemption arc but <laughs> yeah, I, I roll that one spectacularly and it's always at the best moment, like always. I don't know. I guess I'm gonna have to start trying some of y'all superstitions and see if it helps. And then I'll come back with results of my experiment. I was going
2: to say, if you're, if you're on a particularly bad streak and mm-hmm. you, how, how you know, aside from using another set of dice, how would you go about, you know, fixing that? Do you just, you know, try to grit your teeth and get through like lower your head and try to get through the, the encounter or the session and hope that your uh, character doesn't die or oh
1: man, do we do, we, do we have
2: so uh, at least a semi-canonical way to appease the dice gods
1: I do not I really don't I just switch them out I've got like, close to 40 something sets of dice I can just keep switching until somebody works for me <laughs>
2: What of these dice will like me?
1: Somebody will like me.
2: Uh, well, like, uh, like I got mentioned earlier, Darkwing says to not use a starter set dice. That they are, uh, they are made in Wizards of the Coast favor to ruin players' games. <laughs> um, I've only got the one set of like official like D and D dice, um, and I don't I don't even know that I've that I've ever used them. I actually, I have the D twenty sitting on my monitor. With the 20 pointed up as a way to like, you know, so that good energy flows toward me and everything that I do. But yeah, I I don't know that I would use a starter set uh, dice. What were you holding up Wolf's Lore?
0: Oh, this is one of my uh, metal dice. Nice. Yeah. Is that really hefty?
2: So, is there any other sort of superstitions that you have as far as gaming goes? Is there any? Uh, do you have any catchphrases? So we're talking about this before we start recording. Catchphrases when you roll a D twenty.
0: Nothing's like specific, specifically. Um, but during combat, always have to hit the one-liners, man. Oh yeah, for I was sure. gonna say there's something. There's something so good about like right before you roll you gotta like come up with whatever one-liner you have and then you roll
2: for sure for sure um in the uh the game that i was dming for my friends recently um i want to say like one of the catchphrases was like cowabunga (laughs) it's like so like i slide in between his legs and because you know like like i'm gonna shoot him with my uh you know with my crossbow or whatever and so uh or I'm gonna do whatever whatever it is, you know, Uh I slide him between his legs, and right before I slash his gut, I say calabunga. And it's like, and that's how he kills him. That's uh amazing. one uh I'll keep this as uh as PG13 as possible. Uh one ripped off uh, an, uh part of the anatomy of the monster. Oh, threw it at the monster, and that, uh, <laughs> or or actually hit the monster with it, and that was actually what killed him. And so that 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 is entered like D and like local D and D lore. I love it.
1: I love it. Now but my, um, I could, well, my bear. boyfriend has one. Usually he has a uh, he has a half orc named Corn, and we love him.
2: Named Corn. Um, <laughs> Okay, with a K or with a C? With a C. Okay.
1: It was initially kind of a joke character and became a thing, which keeps happening in my groups. Like
2: eighty percent of characters.
1: <laughs> it's one of our things. Um, he likes to use his great axe, and he always says, "You know, oh look, to split him in twain," and that's what he rolls for. And I swear, he consistently crits to split things in twain. Like it. He's got Boy, all the good rolls.
0: One of my friends, before he rolls any skill checks, he'll say clickety-clackety. Hope it's nothing crappity. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great.
1: So cheesy.
2: Uh, Whenever I end up rolling a natural 20, I always say, oh, I think I won a lotto. Which (laughs) if you are a fan of Estonian rapper Tommy Cash, much like myself, then you know that that is from his song Win a Lotto. But uh, I think that's the only catchphrase that I have. I like, you know, the one-liners are necessary obviously, especially um, in that campaign where I'm playing a rogue named Razzmatazz, uh, who's uh, known for uh, his sharp dagger, his sharp scimitar, and his sharp wit. Uh, nice. He's one of the uh, co-owners of the uh, Skullport brothel known as the rosy cheek fantastic but uh, yeah I think that's the only like catchphrase that I have and as far as superstitions go uh, yeah like obviously like if, if I don't see if I don't if I'm not getting the uh, if I'm not getting good dice rolls and I want to switch off you know I definitely blame the, the dice gods like you, we've done something to, to anger them we've done something mm-hmm. to, um, to you know earn their wrath but we got to figure out somehow to 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 appease them. Like, what what can we do to appease the dice gods? I know As that opposed... to to appease Moloch, you offer a piece of candy, a piece of a I certain, a certain red him. candy.
1: Yes, he likes sweet tarts; they are his favorite. Which is convenient because they're also one of my favorites. Um, he also has a. He's also wearing Mardi Gras beads at the moment, but nice. that was he's been on vacation it's fine
2: (laughs) he's earned the time off
1: he's earned it um i wonder if as opposed to dice jails what if instead of that we reform them and give them a spa instead because i've seen that as well
2: yeah let's let's look at the like the the european style of like criminal reformation yeah as opposed to just like locking them up let's you know let's get to the root of the issue like why are you rolling the way you are like what can we do to help you
1: right well, I mean, like I said, the ones that are in front of me are my favorites. They're kind of my go-to broad spectrum type guys. They are at some sort of concert constantly. I have a small ghost um, with an accordion that is sitting with them. So I just assume he's playing them something I can't hear. Uh, polka guys.
2: Ill- <laughs> polka mm-hmm.
1: guys. Nice. Um, so they tend to behave better than the others. And I wonder if maybe it's a neglect situation because there's so many of them. They've got an attitude.
2: Say, I mean, with you know, you, with as many dice as you have, and you know, that might be it. Maybe they're feeling neglected, like they don't get used as often as they mm-hmm, feel mm-hmm. they should be. I've got, which I, I'm starting to worry about some of my. Well, like, it's almost to the point where, like, I'm I'm buying dice just to display them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems like, but the dice that I've been using most often is um, because of the the adventure that I'm DMing right now. Uh, Most of it takes place on the astral plane. So they're they're this really like sort of cool, like greenish, purplish, um, like sort of like see-through, like transparent They kind of like, you know, bleed into one another. That's the other thing too with dice sets is that I have to have a certain amount of dice. I have to have obviously your D4, your D8, uh, your D12, and I need two D20s and two D10s obviously a D10s for percentiles and two D20s for advantages and disadvantage rolls. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just, a, I need a grip of six sided die at least four of them. And then, but beyond, I mean, that's, and that's at bare minimum. That's the bare minimum that I require. And so that usually leads me to buying two of the same die set because usually they only come in like sets of seven. Uh-huh so that's what i that's what I spend a lot of my money on and and now I, I'm trying to get into minis mini dice
1: or minis
2: mini miniatures yeah okay which or do we have any do we have any like rituals or superstitions involving minis? I've never really played with them i've usually only played with tokens and so I don't know if there's if there are, if there's sort of like a, a, you know, any sort of pre-existing rituals around minis, like whether or not they should be turned a certain way or painted versus unpainted. Hmm. Whether or not, you know, they are more or less likely that is that character to die. I'm not sure. We should talk... Just ask crit about that we should ask her yes. our resident mini connoisseur
0: i don't mind if painted
2: i wish i got that really big
0: one for christmas that's something that's something really mini though
2: yeah and that, that's the thing like yeah at a certain point they like like these are i mean obviously like you know if it's a dragon you know it's not oh, yeah. mini compared to a dragon but as far as on a compared to other minis they're actually pretty big this one Oh, damn it. Yeah,
0: this one. Yes. The arm, unfortunately, the arm broke off. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well. we'll see, I, that, super, I tried to super glue, it
2: didn't work. Would that affect the mini's performance in game? I haven't used it because it's so big. Probably not. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all about superstitions and rituals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Uh, coffee, is there anything you'd like to uh, leave us off with? nope Mary how about you
1: I can't think of anything just appreciate you having me here
2: of course thanks for being on and lore, I know you've got some stuff to plug um yeah I stream
0: on twitch twitch.tv slash lore. I'm always in the discord hanging with these cool folks so you know you can always catch us there um that's pretty much it just across everything has Wolfslore. <laughs>
2: That's W-U-L-F-S-L-O-R-E. And, of course, uh, we'll include that in the show notes.
0: Yeah, spelling wolf the spicy way.
2: The spicy way.
1: Well, Glenn I... gave you a follow, then.
2: Thank you. Well, thank <laughs> everyone, for joining. Uh, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord, the text channel. Uh, let us know what you, some of your D and D idiosyncratic beliefs or behaviors are. Some of the rituals or superstitions you take part in. I want to hear them. Want to hear uh, whether or not you put your dice in the freezer when they've been bad, like Darkwing, or whether or not you throw your dice away completely if they uh, they end up killing your character. I don't know that I I I don't know that I could keep a pair of dice that was resp- that you know I rolled uh three death save failures with i don't know that i would trust that set of dice anymore.
1: Little body bags for
2: them. And bury them, put them out to sea. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. you know, have a some sort of ritual. Yeah, yeah. some sort what of you,
0: ceremony. What you got to do is get the demons out of it, you know, dip the fingers in like water, say some latin phrases, yeah. flick it on the dice.
2: I wonder what how a uh, priest would react if you come in with a set of dice and ask them like Will you perform an exorcism on these? (laughs) Get out. Just get out right now. Like, I'm being serious. I wasn't joking. Regardless if it's a dice exorcism you need or a dice jail, or you've made a deal with a devil who demands red sweetheart sacrifices, uh, we all have our quirky, idiosyncratic behaviors and beliefs when it comes to playing Dungeons & Dragons. And we would love to hear some of yours. We are at the letters DND, lorecast. That is our at gmail.com. That is our Twitter handle, uh, as well as our Linktree website, which collects all the important social medias. Um, And of course, we are proud members of the Robots Radio Network. A link to our awesome, active, and inviting Discord is in the show notes, as well as all the other shows that Crit and myself have a part of. From other lore casts like The Legend of Zelda or Resident Evil to scholarly deep dives into various facets of fandom to live play shows for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Cyberpunk Red, World of Darkness, and many uh, many more, many other TTRPGs. Also in the show notes, and I wanted to mention this before we signed off, is information on a raffle that the D&D lore cast is holding through the months of May and June. You can win eight brand-new Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition source books. You can win the Core Rulebook Slipcase Set, which also comes with a Dungeon Master screen, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, Volo's Guide to Monsters, Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, Fisbin's Treasury of Dragons, and Xanathar's Guide to Everything. One ticket costs $4, three tickets cost $10, and we will announce a winner... On our July 7th show, we'll pick one lucky winner, and best of all, 100% of the proceeds will be donated to the Critical Role Foundation. It's the nonprofit organization that was started by the fine folks over at Critical Role. Maybe you've heard of them. You could end up with around 300 bucks worth of solid D&D content, while also resting assured that your money is going to a good cause. So if you're able to, please consider buying some tickets. Again, information is in the show notes. And that about wraps it up with that being said. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Literally being able to talk about Dungeons and Dragons like this is a dream come true. So fare thee well, dear listeners, and until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people.